Stand by. Hello and welcome to the Lackadaisical Libricubicularist. And now your host, Jordan Maywood. Hello! Welcome to the Liberal Cube. I am Jordan Maywood, the Lackadaisical Liberal Cubicularist. Today is November the 12th, Monday. <laughs> Those are the tears of a Monday. Monday's tears. That's a good uh, indie band name. Monday tears. Today's sponsor is Katarina's Canine Makeup Kiosk. Once again, that is Katarina's Canine Makeup Kiosk. Is your dog ugly? Do they not get any dates? Well, treat that bitch right and get her some makeup. Alright, since it is Monday, that of course means it is Movie Monday. This week is another six Movie Movie Monday. So, if my calculations are correct, we've had a five, and then a five, and now it's six, and another six. Uh, the next two following weekends, um, I actually have plans to do things, so maybe it'll be less. I don't know. Probably will be. But, we're living in a land of plenty right now, so let's just kind of wallow in that, right? The first movie I watched is a movie Monday first on the podcast. Uh, it is my first one rating. Of course, we have a five-star rating scale, and this movie will get one star. Just to get that out of the way right off the bat. Oh, uh, I should mention, uh, I think I have been forgetting to mention at the top of each show, that there will most likely be spoilers. Uh, that is most important to mention on Movie Mondays and TV Tuesdays which I think I remembered both days, but just something to keep in mind, just in case. Uh, in the case of our first movie, um, Bikini Spring Break, I'll just let that sit in for a moment. Bikini Spring Break, sounds awesome, right? Uh, you will want to avoid this movie. So, if I give the whole plot away, no big deal. In fact, uh, I can't give the plot away for two very important reasons. One, there was no plot. And two, I turned the movie off. <laughs> I very, very, uh, let me check my source here, very rarely turn a movie off before it is finished. Like even a movie that I would give probably a two, uh, a two-two, I would probably watch all the way through just because that's how my brain normally works. But... I think uh, I will reserve the one-star rating for movies that I can't even watch. That's kind of the plan. The, uh, quote, plot of Bikini Spring Break is that a uh, band of cheerleaders have to make it to finals to compete. And... Uh, yeah, <laughs> that is the plot, I guess, you could say. Now, if 
they were supposed to be, I think they were supposed to be high school cheerleaders, but um, they were probably in their late 20s, maybe some of them were in their 30s, so <laughs> that right off the bat is not so good. It started off uh, promising, I thought, because when you have a movie called Bikini Spring Break and it starts off in a girl's change room, you're like, well, okay, maybe this is going to be good. But my advice to anyone uh, who thinks of watching this movie is just watch porn instead. Because this is like um, not as good as porn and not a real movie. So somewhere in that sort of middle ground between porn and movies, that middle sort of limbo-y type, what is this? I can't call it a movie, I can't call it porn, let's turn it off and forget about it. There, uh, the one, uh, well I guess I should say two redeeming qualities are boobies, They're, they, they do appear in the movie, which, you know, it's all well and good, but you need this may surprise uh, those who have listened to the podcast, but you do need a little more than just boobies to have a good movie. Take, uh, we reviewed Piranha 3 Double D last weekend. It had boobies, but it also had uh, funny comedy. It knew it was not a serious movie, didn't take itself too seriously by throughout that made it good, uh, at least in my opinion. Whereas this, uh, has boobies, but then that's all it has. One uh, part that I thought at least had the potential to be better was the only actor in the movie who I actually recognized, which I didn't write down his name, so I don't know it, but it was the uh, sort of main nerd dude from Revenge of the Nerds. The guy uh, with dark hair and glasses. You'd know him if you see him. He was uh, the cheerleader coach, but for some reason did not accompany the cheerleaders to the finals. So another, uh, okay, well, you have a chance to use a guy who at least has been in an actual comedy movie. Why not bring him along for at least maybe some comedy relief? But no, they decided to leave him at home. Occasionally, uh, he would appear on the phone. <laughs> so I think maybe he realized it was a horrible movie and said, okay, I'll be in it, but I don't want to have to leave my house, so just film me talking on the phone. Yee, bad, bad, bad. Basically, it seemed as if the movie was sort of an excuse to get these girls from one situation to another in which they would take their clothes off. So it started off in the locker room, um, and then they started on their trip, and the car broke down, and then they ended up at a strip club, of course, and they needed money <laughs> to pay to fix the car. Oh, what are they going to do? So dumb. Um, I forget how, <laughs> and it's not important, but next, they ended up at some party with, uh, girls fighting in a pool full of jello. Fuck, that is so 
I, I don't even remember how that came about. So they did that, and then I realized I did watch that. <laughs> I did watch that scene all the because that's not something you see very often. But then after that, I realized that this movie is so bad that I just couldn't even watch it. And there's so many more actual good movies out there to watch that I turned it off. So that's where that review is going to end. In a tub full of jello with girls wrestling. Not a bad ending, actually. That's probably, if you're going to watch the movie for some inexplicable reason, turn it off as the jello wrestling ends, and then you can say, you know what, the ending wasn't that bad. Here you go. Okay, the next movie I watch is one that I watched with the missus. It was our Saturday night uh, date movie, dinner and a movie, hang out together movie deal thing. Uh, as you may have noticed, quite often it is a horror movie. But sometimes we'll throw in a comedy as well, which we did this weekend. The comedy is Ted. Ted, I guess, short for Teddy Bear. If you have not heard of this movie, where have you been? Seriously? That's pretty ridiculous. It is... It was created by a Mr. Seth MacFarlane, a creator of Family Guy, American Dad, um, the Cleveland Show. Very, very funny dude. I, uh, when he does a uh, Comedy Central roast and host it, he uh, does an amazing job. Heard him on uh, many interviews. Uh, appears semi-regularly on the Adam Carolla podcast as uh, apparently they're buddies, which is cool. A really cool fact about Seth MacFarlane is that on uh, 9-11, he was uh, supposed to be on one of the planes that crashed into the uh, Twin Towers. So that's something. Apparently he is uh, sort of perpetually uh, late for flights, and that just happened to be one of the days he was late for a flight. So very interesting fact there for you. I always found that. Okay, the movie Ted. Oh, that was a tangent. Uh, if you listen to last... Yeah, yeah, yeah last uh, Fri Internet Friday's episode, uh, you will have heard, I think it was that, that we are going to do a contest in which you write me in at the email provided at the end of the show uh, a sound, a funny, funny sound for when I go into a tangent. Something that sort of uh, suits that mood, we'll say. Uh, and the winner will be announced and uh, they will win the pride of victory. Congratulations. Ted, it's, that was a tangent to a tangent. Ted uh, is a movie that the missus and I both really, really enjoyed. She uh, gave it a, yeah, I really liked it. Which, as you know, on her scale, is like a like a 6 out of 5. Because uh, normally a, it was okay. That's about a 4 out of 5. So, I really liked it. Wow, that is that is off the charts for her. Me, uh, definitely going 5 out of 5. Easy, easy choice there. The movie is about a young boy who makes a wish on a falling star that the teddy bear he got for Christmas 
was a lie. Mm. You could uh, take that scenario right there and just make a sort of kid's Christmas movie about it. And then leave it at that. Uh, I am glad they did not do that because I wouldn't have watched it. Instead, they took that scenario and cut it off as the kid was still a kid. And then sort of uh, jumped ahead to when he was, uh, say, 30-year-old adult. 30-plus-year-old. Although, how old is uh, Marky Mark Wahlberg? That's a good question. Uh, the missus is a, uh, I found out, a super fan of him. Uh, finds him very, very attractive. Huh. Didn't need to know that, but shared it with me nonetheless. I did know she has a uh, crush, I guess you could say, on uh, Ryan Reynolds, which I guess most women do, who also had a brief cameo in the movie. So, no wonder she freaking liked him so much. Jeez. What was I saying? <laughs> Ted, yes. So they have uh, jumped ahead in Ted's life to where he is a uh, an adult, I guess you would say. Same size and everything, but his voice is, well, it's Seth MacFarlane's voice. Sort of a cross between Brian, the dog from Family Guy, who, that's just his normal voice. I know it kind of sounds like a character voice, but that's just the way he talks. And uh, Peter Griffin. So kind of a cross between those two voices. And sometimes it uh, sort of fluctuates between them more one to the other, especially uh, when he, uh, there's a couple of parts where I thought, man, he sounds just like Peter Griffin. I think it was when he was laughing. They both, uh, Mark Wahlberg and Ted, have that sort of uh, Bostonian accent going. A little, a little light Boston. So taking a teddy bear and putting him in sort of an adult situation is pretty hilarious. Well, I suppose it has the potential to not be hilarious, but uh, Seth MacFarlane came through and did make it a very, very funny movie. You can tell, it's funny um, that you can tell the writer of The Family Guy made this movie, because uh, on a couple of occasions, it will just sort of jump off to this weird scene of craziness. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. A weird scene of craziness will just suddenly kind of pop in, which, uh, if you've ever watched The Family, is sort of their trademark that uh, sort of normal life is going on, and then uh, crazy scenes just pop in every once in a while, which is the reason I love that show so much, and the reason I love the movie. Uh, that is predominantly probably why, I'm going to say. That and just the thought of a uh, talking teddy bear is funny. Also appearing in the movie, uh, they did something I thought was interesting that uh, usually in your comedies like this, there'll be one sort of asshole bad guy. Uh, in this case, they did uh, something a little different, which I like, is they did have your comedy movie asshole, bad guy, uh, sort of your Shooter McGavin type, played by Joel McHale. Joel McHale, who uh, is a super, super funny dude, 
may know from Community, does a show called The Soup. The Soup, very funny show. I like how he basically tears the celebrities, the new asshole on that show, brings them down a couple of notches, good stuff. He plays the uh, asshole uh, boss of Mark Wahlberg's longtime four-year girlfriend. Oh, played by, I should mention, <laughs> I guess, uh, Mila Kunis, who's looking good. Jesus. <laughs> little shiver up my spine there. Seth MacFarlane and Mila, Mina, Seth MacFarlane and Mila Kunis obviously have a good relationship working together on the Family Guy, and he brought her over onto this, and she does amazing. So, good on her. Okay, uh, what I was saying is, instead of just that Shooter McGavin asshole bad guy in a comedy movie, they also threw in a bit of a, a monkey wrench of a crazy friggin... Uh, how What's another word for crazy? Because crazy is the word to use. Uh, also insane. Yes, crazy insane bad guy as well. In the form of a Mr... Giovanni, 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 Rabisi. What the hell is his first name? Is it Giovanni or Giovanni? Giovanni. We're gonna go Giovanni because I'm pretty sure that is Rabisi. He was. If you listen to the first couple episodes, we talked about uh, my name is Earl, and he played a sort of crazy dude on that. He uh, reminded me very much of that crazy dude in this movie. There's one scene where he was dancing, uh, I wish I remembered the song, the missus knew what it is, dancing in front of a TV while listening to a song, and it was, she could not stop laughing for like five minutes at the way he was dancing. That's just sort of an example of the craziness. I'm at work, though, so we'll pick this up uh, afterwards. Love you. Love you, series. I'm a fool to do your dirty working, working, working. And we're back. We are back. We are back. We are back. We are back. 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 We are back. Back in action. Hello again. Finished working. Yay. A. We left off talking about Ted. I do recall that. And I also wrote it down, which helps. Let's stop talking about it, because I don't remember exactly where I left off. One thing uh, I made a note about that I did want to mention about the movie is that at one point they talked about how basically if a dog is biting you, not burping you, biting you, you stick your finger up his bum and he'll stop biting you. Now, why did I make a note about that? Am I just a sick bastard who likes fingers up dog behinds? No. No, I am not. Uh, the reason I bring that up is because the previous... No, 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 not even the previous. The same day that I saw that in Ted... Earlier the same day, I watched an episode of Weeds, the television show Weeds, 
in which they talked about how if a dog is biting you, you put your finger up his mouth. What? So, that's pretty fucked up. I had never heard that. Uh, and I'm sure most people have not heard that little, little tidbit. And then, twice in one day, it, uh, it flies at me. That sort of thing seems to happen to me, and also me and the missus, a lot. I don't know if it's more than your average bear, but, uh, for example, today, um, we have, uh, someone who came in to help us out for probably a couple of weeks or some such. She was talking about her brother, who uh, sounds like is possibly going to be a physicist. I heard her say this as I was listening to a Mr. Neil deGrasse Tyson, the astrophysicist. What? The craziest one that I remember, and this happened probably a couple weeks ago, the missus and I were talking about something, I don't remember how, we t uh, got onto the subject of spam, the uh, canned meat spam, and I sang the spam song from Monty Python, spam, 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 etc. And then, within about five minutes, I got an email, uh, I don't remember from who, but it was a, literally a picture of that skit. So that friggin' I think out of anything that has happened like that, that one blew my mind more than anything. Alright, that is a tangent to start off the rest of the show, but a very, very interesting one, I think. If you, I'll tell you what, if you have anything like that happen to you and can beat my friggin' spam one, because that's, that's something else, I swear on... Uh, very atheistic, but I'll swear on a stack of Bibles uh, that that did, in fact, happen. If you have something like that that happened to you, something that blew your mind in that sort of vein of coincidences, please email me at the address provided at the end of the show. And if it also blows my mind, I'll, uh, I'll read it on the show. Hey, look at that little audience interaction. Just like we talked about in, I believe, the last episode, how quite often podcasts will have a little interaction between listeners and talkers. Okay, so next movie. Gotta hurry this up, because we got uh, some more, one, two, four more movies to talk about. The next one is called Seeking a Friend for the End of the World. Long title. Starring a Mr. Steve Carell and a Mrs. or Ms. or Ms. Um, I keep wanting to say Natalie Portman, but not Natalie Portman, but Kieran Knightley. Getting uh, difficult <laughs> on these late night podcasts to read my notes. So the movie basically uh, follows the story of, well, the end of the world and how Steve Carell. Uh, deals with that scenario. I actually don't remember. Was it a solar flare or an asteroid? Something uh, was going to end the world. And uh, human beings knew when this was going to happen. Their last-ditch effort 
sort of a la, oh, what the hell is that, Bruce Willis <laughs> asteroid movie, fuck, that's embarrassing, a la that movie, uh, failed. So, everyone just sort of became resigned to their fate, and did not uh, freak out as much as I assumed the human race actually would. There was, you know, your uh, lootings and violence towards the end a little bit, but uh, not so much right off the bat anyways, which I think even if humans knew that within, let's just go with a year, that the world was going to end, there would be automatic lootings and violence right off the bat. It wouldn't happen, say, closer to the year's end. So, that's just my thought, but you never know. Funniest part of this dark comedy, because obviously it is not the uh, sort of light-hearted romp throughout, was when uh, Steve Carell and Kira Knightley are traveling through parts of uh, the U.S., sort of in search of his lost love to reunite them, they come across uh, a restaurant by the name of Friendly's. Friendly's is, uh, I think I've heard of it before. We don't have them here up in Canada. I think it might be a chain of restaurants, maybe a chain of restaurants in uh, New England, in the New england area, I think. I don't know, sort of like TGI Fridays, it kind of felt like, and TGI, uh, speaking of TG, a Mr. T.J. Miller was a uh, waiter and host at this Friendly's restaurant. If you are unfamiliar with T.J. Miller, he does a lot of the podcast round, most notably and usually funniest on one by the name of Doug Loves Movies. We talked about it on Friday, I do believe. He's got a very distinctive uh, voice. Yeah! <laughs> on the podcast. I, I try to do an impression, but I can't. Doug Benson does a spot-on one of him. Uh, what does he always say? Yeah! I'm in a city name. Fuck. Yeah, Philadelphia! Is it Philadelphia? Fuck. Well, that's embarrassing. Anyways, uh, he was in this, uh, which was a pleasant surprise. I was like when I watch a movie and there's someone who I did not know was in it, uh, kind of pops up in it. The greatest and best and my favorite example is, um, a big spoiler, so, <laughs> it is the movie Zombieland, where a Mr. Spoiler, uh, Bill Murray pops kind of out of nowhere and I just freaking love that so much, made the movie for me. Uh, an already amazing movie for me. That was a five out of five. Probably uh, that moment right there bumped at least that moment up to a six out of five. So sidetrack, sidetrack movie rating there. That's all right. Krell and Kira Knightley sort of uh, carry on their journey from the friendlies, in which T.J. Miller is basically. Uh, to all appearances, super high, and uh, lovey-dovey, assumed was on ecstasy, basically, uh, along with the other patrons of this very friendly, friendly restaurant, um, as a uh, orgy starts to break out 
they, uh, Steve and Kira, had enough and resumed their journey. As I, I've mentioned before, I don't like to give away endings of movies if, um, if it's easy to do so. But in this case, I kind of really want to, just because uh, a lot of the times on Movie Mondays, we've talked about how I like the movies where everybody dies. Most of the time, that is true. In the case of this movie, where I'm going to give it away, the world was destroyed, uh, I wasn't as happy. I was like, oh man, I kind of thought this was going to work out. Okay, so we'll just leave that movie behind with the world's destruction, which is a good place as any to leave a movie behind, and talk about the next one, which was called Moonrise Kingdom. Uh, this movie has been out for a couple of years. I had actually never heard of it until uh, about a week ago. But, uh, as I mentioned, if I hear someone say, oh, that movie's good, I will try to watch it. And it was very good. The other thing I try to do with my movie watching is watch all Bill Murray movies, period. He is in a movie, I will watch it. Uh, and he is in this one, so I watched it. Also appearing is uh, Ed Norton, Edward Norton, and, um, who am I forgetting? Oh, oh uh, Bruce Willis. The movie... The, the, them being huge stars, the movie, though, actually revolves mostly around these two kids. A boy and a girl, who, as quite often happens in movies, fall in love. A boy and a girl falling in love. This uh, is a strange movie. <laughs> it reminds me of uh, sort of the Life Aquatic, a uh, little of Big Fish. It is reminiscent of other weird type movies. And something that really sticks out with a movie like this and the others I just mentioned are that you could take stills, take pictures of this movie and they could be art. <laughs> or, yeah, that's, that's a good way to describe it. The, the sets uh, and costumes and just the way that it's filmed and the lighting and the, the everything. It's like every everything is almost as if they were going to paint it. Really one of the most uh, just beautiful movies I have seen in a very long time. Every every set piece just blew my mind with, with the amount of thought and detail that, that went into this. The story is of... Uh, how this boy, who is, for lack of a better word, a boy scout, although they call them, what do they call them, khaki scouts, I think, because they're all wearing khakis, not because they poop their pants, um, and this girl, who live on this sort of uh, small Nantuckety island, how I kind of picture uh, a Nantucket Lake island is like although smaller than even that. Uh, I believe a fictional island, although they have maps and stuff of it, so maybe it's a real island or based on one. Um, so the girl just sort of lives on this island with her weird parents, one of them being Bill Murray, the other being, can't remember her name, didn't write it down, the main girl from the movie Fargo, who is uh, very good in this movie and amazing in Fargo, 
Uh, we're going to go along with our mention a movie, give it a rating rule here, and Fargo gets a 5 out of 5. Actually, some of this reminded me a little bit of that uh, sort of sense of style. I don't know. I, I'm not uh, always up on the way in which uh, your artsy-fartsy people will describe movies, so I'll use my own vernacular. Okay, uh, what else do we want to say about this movie? I cannot see my notes. <laughs> Friggin' dark Canadian winter. Okay, that looks like all the notes that I had for that. The next, should I say anything else about it? Uh, highly recommended, 5 out of 5, go see it. And, uh, enjoy. Bruce Willis in it. It's funny how, uh, a lot of the ladies always have crushes on Bruce Willis, even though he's a bit of a, an old dude. Um, in this movie, that crush will most likely disappear, because he was, uh, showing his age. Uh, purposely, he was showing his age. Had the, uh, the, the pedophile glasses. Or, uh, pedophile, as I think they say in jolly old England. The next movie I watched was called Happy People, A Year in uh, the Tagia. Tagia? I forget how they pronounce it. It is spelled T-A-I-G-A. Uh, this movie is a documentary. It seems that on Movie Mondays they usually get at least one documentary in. That being uh, most likely because Netflix has such a huge selection of uh, documentaries, probably because it's cheaper for them to get the rights for a documentary as it is for, say, a, like some big-budget movie. So, in that sense, it's kind of sad, but if you like documentaries, it's good for you. It uh, follows the, live, uh, the lives and times of people in sort of uh, very, very rural Russia. Russia is friggin' ginormous. Uh, and I say that living in Canada, which is also friggin' ginormous. We are the second biggest country in the world. They are the first, and I do believe by a large margin, the first. So when you say rural, you friggin' mean rural. Rural. Cold? Yes. <laughs> Again, I'm Canadian, and it looks friggin' reason. Uh, very forested, so your cold forest of Russia, and follows the people there who uh, reminded me a lot of kind of uh, your Canadian Inuits in a lot of ways, that sort of living off the land. Now the movie was called Happy People, and I guess for the most part they did seem sort of happy, but not really. Uh, a lot of it was kind of... Uh, of the, the tough lives that they're living in this in this situation. Very very good. Going to give it uh, four to five. The uh, I'm almost at home, so I got to speed up the last movie, which is kind of funny because the last movie I watched was called Next, with Nicolas Cage, in which he has the ability to know what will happen to himself within the next couple of minutes. So, if I had that ability, I would have uh, probably sped up my talking a little bit, so I didn't have to talk about this movie when I am just about at home. So there you go. Uh, a lot of people <laughs> are, are always down on Nicolas Cage because
does, well, a lot of not very good movies, which is true. But I like even his bad movies. He is a, he's good in good movies and bad in bad movies. I'm a big Nick Cage fan. So what are you going to do about it? Uh, this movie next, uh, also with Jessica Biel, who, Jesus Christ, she is friggin' gorgeous. It's uh, just basically is about how he tries to save, uh, is it L.A., I think, from a nuclear bomb. There you go. Let's leave it at that. It didn't have really the sort of good Nick Cage moments that a lot of his movies do. So I'm just going to go with a 3 out of 5. I probably wouldn't watch it again, is what I kind of reserve your 3 out of 5s for. I'm at home, so we are done. That's what that means. Remember, folks, it is nice to be nice to the nice. Thank you for listening. This has been another edition of the Lackadaisical Libra Cubicle Wrist. We here in the Liberal Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address, mailwood.jordan at gmail.com. And now I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine? The best is yet to come, come the day you're mine Live long and prosper.